What do you think is the most powerful molecule to heal? When you are in love, have you ever experienced any ailment or toxic symptom? More and more paths are converging into one truth that many of our ancestors have repeatedly mentioned to pay more attention. Love is now creating more evidence in the scientific realm of your inner biology, demonstrating that it can heal cancer patients, shrink tumors, and release a cascade of four fantastic chemical superheroes that will heal your life. Discover the healing of your life through love in episode 47. Welcome everyone to our episode 47 of our podcast Cultivating a New Generation. And in today's episode, and as February is the, the month of love, we are going to speak about healing your life through love. And the article that I'm going to speak about or I'm going to make reference to is uh, the author is Ford, Charles Ford. It's from 2021. And the title is Harnessing the Healing Power of Love. It is from the Journal of Trends in Molecular Medicine. It's an extremely, extremely interesting topic. Stay for the whole podcast because there is a lot of evidence now to link the power of love to even heal some type of cancers, some type of shrinking tumors, and how our neural pathways are translating that information into a healing molecule that has been also very popular in many um, healing alternative scenarios, which is oxytocin. So without further ado, Let's start with a beautiful quote from a psychiatrist, Carl Menninger. He quoted, love cures people, both the ones that give love and the ones that receive love. The salubrious or the health effect of marriage and the deleterious effects of losing someone are well-documented and researched, and that's what, where this story is going to start. We have a statistic that married men and women over 65 have life expectancies of two to three years longer than their unmarried counterparts, and the risk of mortality nearly doubles during the first three months after the loss of a spouse. That is well known, and we have seen a lot of um, people that have passed through these circumstances more now than ever. And it is, of course, due to a biological reason also that we are going to discover the mortality risk of these uh, partners that lose someone is increased for almost all causes of death, including cancers, infections, or cardiovascular disease. The improved health outcomes of a married couple are often attributed to extrinsic factors such as emotional, 
and financial support, as well as spousal motivation of healthy behaviors, but the causes of the detrimental widowhood effect are largely unknown owing to the difficulty in discriminating between the behaviors and the biological consequences of the person that survived the, the death of a spouse or of a partner. So an investigator, Nadery, that proved this uh, information, the biological basis of the phenomenons that we are using to, to prove this was um, experimented in a mice model. They show in vitro that human lung cancers grow larger when they were exposed to the sera of mice with a disrupted per bond compared to the sera of, from mice with intact per bonds. So what do they do? They extracted these molecules, this cultivation media, and from the, the disrupted uh, per bonds of mice, they put those chemicals into the medium of the cancer growth cells, of the lung cancer growth cells. And what they discovered was that they were much better the nutrients of the biological mix that they have from the mice that have a pair than the ones that didn't have a pair. So what the analysis of all these translation of molecules reveal is that tumor cells grown with sera from bonded animals, so the ones that had a couple, compared to, the, to those grown with sera from either virgin or bond disrupted animals, exhibited differential expression of several cancer-related genes involved in cell migration and tissue morphogenesis. This is something that is completely amazing how the biological mix of molecules, when you are in a partnership or in a relationship is so strong that it can create a network of healing effects inside of cells from another species. And it can even shrink the uh, toxic effect that we are observing. So in addition to these tumors transplanted in vivo from bonded mice into the virgin immunocompromised mice, they show decreased tumor tumorogenicity compared to those transplanted from bond disrupted mice. So even the tumors have less power of creating more cancerous cells or replicating more cells when they come from uh, bonded mice than when they come from disrupted mice. 
They, that evidence indicates that the effects of pair bond status of the initial animal will persist even in the absence of any continuing influence from the pair bond itself. What does this mean? This means that even translated the tumorogenic cells into uh, a species that didn't have the disease is not going to affect it if it comes from a bonded mice uh, animal. So what we can see is that the action of love, the action of bonding, the action of the species bonding is so important that it can spread to other species. And that's what we have seen in the animal kingdom, at least during this phase that many of the animals that were deprived of contact and that they recover their bonding uh, partners, that they recover the opportunity to communicate again with their peers, with all their species and to create those strong bonds, they started to thrive again. They started to survive. They started to reproduce. So that's the healing power of love. That's the healing power of molecules and that can even cure cancer, that can even do that a tumor doesn't become more tumorigenic in the presence of a disruptive social bond, which of course goes beyond that social bond, but it is a partnership. Collectively, all of these findings will indicate that the social relationships of an individual may influence cancer progression through the intrinsic biophysiological mechanisms rather than through behavior and extrinsic lifestyle factors just alone. Although there is of course the influence of the immune system on the brain and the psychiatric conditions, of course, those are clear. The possibility of reciprocal psychosomatic influence is many times often uh, regarded as dubious, but now, we see the evidence. Now we have evidence that this is demonstrating that, that the mix, the strong mix that is created during the bonds of a relationship is so uh, powerful in terms of the healing factors that will translate into a biological action that it can even cure. Nevertheless, we, we also see the opposite, the idea that melancholy can promote the pathogenesis of cancer, which dates back to Galen in the second century, has persisted throughout the century. And we have seen that many of cancerous patients that don't have strong social bonds and don't have family members, they have a less um, optimistic time frame to survive. That doesn't apply for everyone. Of course, these are just statistics. Studies in mice 
show that the stimulation of a dopaminergic brain reward area, which is the ventral tegmental area, can suppress tumor growth. And that stress can induce tumor repair. The crucial question is how are these extrinsic social stimuli transduced into intrinsic biological effects that influence the health outcomes? Well, we are going to come to the answer. Elucidating this process may reveal many opportunities to have some interventions that, of course, industry will try to create some pharmacological effect, but there is never stronger than the biological real bond that we can start now creating clinical trials to demonstrate this effect. Given these results of the author Nadari, the process most likely involves three steps. The first one is social information that is encoded in your neural signals. The second is neural signal directly or indirectly induces the release of some humoral factor. Number three, the humoral factor binds to a receptor on the cancer cells that induces the change in gene expression, which is epigenetics. This is the environment of love that is creating the power of healing. Social stimuli are processed by all the neural networks utilizing the molecule of love, oxytocin, and vasopressin, corticotropin releasing factor, and dopamine. Those four um, neurotransmitters and hormones are going to regulate the pituitary secretions into the circulation. These secretions may act as humoral factors that directly impact on the tumor. That's the sequence that is following, or they can be secretagogues that trigger the release of a humoral factor from other tissues. So they can have an indirect action to create the power and the chain reaction that we are going to observe. Alternatively, the neural innervation of intermediary tissues could trigger also the release of more humoral factors. These humoral factors will bind to receptors on the tumor cells, thereby altering the tumor physiology and the progression of the disease. So imagine this sequence, this synchrony, this symphony, that four hormones of love, of the bonding are creating and how they are affecting one of the most important access of our biological actions. So fortunately, the way in which the brain detects and processes all the social information is already understood. 
it relies on the specific neural networks and signaling molecules. Most notably, we have mentioned oxytocin, vasopressin, which is an antidiuretic hormone, dopamine, which we know that is a reward hormone, and corticotropin releasing factor, which regulates many of your responses in terms of activating your immune system and activating your metabolic um, pathways, which directly regulate pituitary gland activity. In addition to mediating the pair bond formation and the disruption in the brain, disruption in a positive way, oxytocin, vasopressin, and stress hormones are also secreted by the pituitary into the peripheral circulation where they influence physiological processes throughout the body. So that's what we are explaining. In simpler words, what is happening? All these social interaction, social bonding, in terms of creating a partnership, a stronger bond, and spouse bond is uh, releasing all of these hormones and neurotransmitters that we mentioned, oxytocin, vasopressin, corticotropin, and dopamine, and all those four are going to cascade throughout your system, throughout your access, the main one of releasing all these metabolic factors substances, molecules, hormones, immune, immune messengers, and all of these substances, all of this body language that is going to create the healing effect throughout your body. So that's what is happening. Something that we thought it was just social, something that sadly the marketing industry is just taking you to buy things is not that. It's much more meaningful, much more powerful than even the world. It is more than that. It is a phenomenon that is going to save us from many of the diseases. But we have to understand something extremely important. It is creating the bones. It is nurturing the bones. It is remaining in our open nature of being, uh, of giving, of being reciprocal, of creating healthy relationships in order to promote these kind of experiences that can and will create a healthier society. And that, of course, can be um, translated to our children, to the power that we can create and reflect and mirror with our children and how that uh, example, that healthy image is going to replicate in their biology without knowing them and subconsciously it will release all these cascade of substances. Triggered by social information processing the brain, the pituitary endocrine 
secretions may affect cancer cells directly, or they may work indirectly as secretagogues that affect an intermediary endocrine or immune tissue. So that's all still being researched, but we are going to get to the answer of that. And that is going to create a lot of healing expansion in terms of having much better relationships. Alternatively, the social signals in the brain could influence peripheral endocrine or immune tissues via neural innervation. So what is this? This is the, all of the signals, all of the chemical symphony that is being released with these kind of relationships are going to influence all your endocrine system and the tissues and the immunity to create more and more pathways. So you will not will you not will only release chemical substances and create a cascade. You will create more pathways. You will rewire your whole biology by releasing these kind of hormones. So this investigator Nadari strongly suggests that some of these humoral factors are released into the bloodstream and subsequently alters the transcription in cancer cells. So this is all to the level of the epigenetic language that they are having, most likely to the binding of the receptor. So once this cell creates also a bond, they start the magic. They start healing. They start giving us the love that we deserve and they start creating this powerful chain reaction. Highlights all of this study, all of this science highlights the importance of considering social support and relationship health of the patients as consequential lifestyle factors, similar, of course, and even probably more stronger than diet, than exercise, or than substance use. So this is the alternative growth that we want to create. We want to empower people to create uh, those healing effects by knowing their bodies, by knowing the language of the body, by knowing the chemical reactions that we are having. And you don't have to be a scientist to understand all of these things. You just have to pay attention to your own body. You just have to pay attention to the signals. You just have to pay attention to your life. And those are the answers that you will have. Science is just another kind of language that is giving us now more and more um, intersections with uh, spirituality, with everything that we are seeing now in this new realm that is going to be discovered. In another complementary information, because I think that this is a special episode in the month of love. Also friendship is very, very important and it can pervade the human social landscape. 
the bonds of friendship are also extremely important to healing consequences. And the difficulties of forming or the isolation or maintaining the friendships, now we have seen the results and now we have seen the research and the evidence, all of them alter and spike many mental disorders or neuropsychiatric disorders such as autism, depression, anxiety, of course, all of these statistics that we are seeing now. Friendship is the hallmark of the human behavior. Friends promote financial success, health, survival, and social exclusion or the loss of social partners results in feelings that are very similar or that are akin to physical pain, deficits in the ability of motivation, maintaining friendly relationships, of course, so that it's a cascade, a negative cascade, and many pathologies, as mentioned, like the depression, autism, and anxiety. People that can be called friend and a real friendship is proposed in this kind of studies also as relationships based on the quality and patterning interactions between individuals. So in this definition of the research, which is from another article that I will mention at the end, the, the friends or the pairs of individuals that engage in bidirectional, bidirectional. So it is not that you think you have friends because they are just there and they care about you. It's also how you reflect that back to them. So if, if it is not bidirectional, it doesn't work like that. And the biological benefits doesn't work like that. So just understand that it is a two direction um, bond that we have to cultivate and to recreate. These interactions with such frequency and consistency, they are the difference between the people that you don't consider a friend. Friends engage in these affiliative interactions considerably more often and greater periods of time. And what recognizes the quality of these relationships between pairs of the individuals may be crucial to successful navigation of the social world. So your friendships not only are creating a healing interaction between you and the other person, but they are also giving you cues, although you are not perceiving them, to create better relationships with other people. All of this um, recognition of the persons that we, um, that we identify as friends are more prominent in women than in men. So women are much better to create friendships, to sustain friendships than men. That can 
have a deleterious effect in the health of many men, of course, that have less power to sustain friendships. So what do we have to learn here in terms of the gender differences? We have to develop new ways to create those bonds, to create those friendships. And this comes again in a bi-directional way. Many uh, of these friendships attribute a reward value to social information. And this has been proven in primates and of course in humans. And these rewarding systems are going to have three observations and findings. They activate areas of the brain, which are in the anterior cingulate cortex and the orbitofrontal cortex and the nucleus accumbens. All of these areas of the brain are related to how do you interact in your life in other realms, in other uh, frames, in other perspectives. Many of these regions of the brain regulate your emotional responses, and many of these also help you to be more creative. As we mentioned, orbitofrontal cortex is an area that is extremely important in terms of the creativity that we can have. Social behavior is largely reinforcement driven. Again, we are going to see the powerful molecule oxytocin, which is a neuropeptide that we mentioned in the past story of, of love and the power of healing that will stimulate the lactation in animals or in mammals and is involved in bonding between mothers and infants. That's why it was uh, labeled as the hormone of love as well as between pair bond and reproductive partners, as we mentioned in the story. So oxytocin or OT has been associated with social relationships outside of the pair and the maternal bonds. It is also has been discovered that friendship can stimulate a lot of the release of this oxytocin because when we are individually recognition and creating social memory in terms of a friendship, we have a release of oxytocin. So this hormone is going to be incrementing pro-social decisions, attention to others, increases feelings of trust and encourages generosity. So this is the amazing power of healing through love and how we can apply it to our lives. How can we start creating much better relationships? How can we be more reciprocal with the people that are our friends? How can we start experiencing more meaningful connections with other people in spite of the measures in spite of the things, we can um, harness the power that we have in terms of creating these social interactions that will raise again 
the levels of being healed in terms of trusting more with people, encouraging generosity, generosity, having more attention to the words, to the visual cues, to the interaction. Because if you are with a friend and you are just texting in your phone, that's not an interaction. That, that's not releasing oxytocin. That's releasing dopamine. And that's not good dopamine. That's the dopamine that creates addiction with your phone, not with the other person. So start having more meaningful relationships, start being more present because the healing effects can't allow you to counteract the effects that we all globally have been living throughout these two years. Thank you for enjoying this episode. I hope that these practical tips, all this information makes you wonder that we really need to activate our social life as soon as possible. Have a beautiful day. And if you like the episode, if it resonates with you, help me to share it with your friends. Thank you. And we'll see each other on our next episode. Bye. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode and integrating with this community to cultivate more awareness and consciousness in your inner health to create a new generation of humans. If you want more tools to grow your inner health with science and spirituality merch, visit www.davidortegab.com Remember that you can subscribe to become a premium member and receive plenty of benefits in all five areas of your life. Nutrition, metabolism, emotional resilience, consciousness and abundance, 